is Born to Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. Today is the final installment of a week-long series featuring interviews conducted at the SVA National Conference last week in Orlando. On Monday, we spoke with President of Student Veterans of America, Jared Lyon. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we spoke with Student Veteran of the Year finalists. And today, we are going to speak to the 2018 Student Veteran of the Year, as announced at the conference this past Saturday. The Student Veteran of the Year is Air Force Veteran Alexandria Sawin. She served in the Air Force between active duty and reserves. She is a mother. She is a student at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas, where she led the UNLV Rebel Veterans Organization. She's going to tell us about her service, about her transition, about choosing UNLV, about leading that chapter, successes that she had, some best practices, and more. So just to provide some context into this interview, at the time of recording, Alex was unaware that she was going to be named Student Veteran of the Year. Enjoy. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. You are one of the 10 finalists. It's, um, uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, their student veterans are doing um, a lot of great things on campuses and on their community. So um, I, uh, I can imagine that, uh, were you surprised when you, when you found out that you were one of the, the, the last 10? Yes. Last, I say last 10, like it's like survivor <laughs> yeah. or something like yeah. that. Like you've survived. I mean, I would love to be on the survivor. So if this is as close as I'm going to get, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was really surprised. So I didn't, I mean, I guess I'm my own worst critic. So I figured like I put it on my package and I was like, this package sucks. And so I was like, there's no way I'm getting it. And then I hadn't heard for so long about like who was the top 10. Um, and actually when it happened, someone like congratulated me or whatever. So I went onto the Facebook page and I like scrolled really fast through like the names. And I was like, why did you congratulate me? I, d I don't see my name. And then yeah. it ended up being just the first one. I had just scrolled over it because I didn't realize I was the first one. You're not even looking at it. You're like, whatever. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> my heart dropped. I was like, oh my gosh, why would you congratulate me? I was so excited for like five, five seconds. And then, yeah. So it was, it was a fun journey through this whole finalist application. Yeah. So tell me, uh, just, uh, just so the listeners are aware, give me your, uh, your branch of service, your, your name, obviously, your, <laughs> your, your name, branch of service, your school, your year, and what your role is at the, the club there, the, the student SVA chapter there. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Alex Sawin. Um, I go to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I'm an Air Force veteran. Um, I've served for nine years, seven years as active duty, and I transitioned to the reserves in Ellis Air Force Base. For two years of that, um, I was an F-35 avionics mechanic, which is just basically a fighter aircraft mechanic. I worked on jets. Um, I am in my third year, so I'm a junior. Uh, my, my degree is biology with the aspirations of becoming a physician in 10 years. It's going to be a long time because I have to go to medical school. 
um, and I'm the president of the Rebel Vets organization. The Rebel Vets. Yay. That's right. I remember. I remember when uh, when Randy said that. I that was my that was my same response. Rebel Vets. Yes, I'm a rebel. Yeah, absolutely. Are yeah. you a rebel? Absolutely. Well, since there, since there's only one of you, I'm gonna go into some more, some more of my traditional questions. Because uh, yeah. when there was three, I wanted to make sure that everybody got an opportunity to like really uh, to answer some questions. So um, you and I get to have a, a little bit more of an elaborate discussion. Is that okay? Oh yeah, it's yeah. kind of intimidating, but I'll, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do fine. <laughs> um, so when I when I get a chance to do one-on-one interviews, uh, the first question I always ask of veterans is, why would you decide to join the United States military? Because that's the one thing that all of us veterans have in common is, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, I guess we all didn't decide if you go, go back far enough for, for drafts, but uh, it's that moment where we either decide or we're prompted to join the United States mm-hmm. military. What was that day like for you? So at the time, obviously, I'm like 17 years old when I joined, so I didn't have the realization that I love to serve people. Um, so I actually went into the military because um, at, in 2008, the... Uh, real estate market crashed. And so both my parents are kind of in that field. My mom's a realtor. My dad was a construction worker. So if houses aren't selling, they lose their jobs. So they lost their jobs. Um, And I didn't realize like how to apply for college. I didn't realize like how to pay for college through student loans. And I'm really afraid of debt. I don't know what it is about debt, but it freaks me out. Um, So I was like, I just don't want to go to school. And then my sister, um, my older sister, she was in the Air Force and she's more of a tomboy. I should have realized this. And she was like, I am in the Air Force. I am an aircraft mechanic. I love it. And I was like, dang, that sounds so cool. I'm going to join the Air Force. And so I joined the Air Force as an aircraft mechanic also, but she works on the heavier aircraft. So she works on refuelers. So it's kind of like the aircraft that you would fly in if you're flying from like California to Maine, like the bigger aircraft. And so I work on the smaller aircraft um, and it was good. It's fun. I mean, it definitely helped me uh, get this thick skin because I had a very thin skin when I joined the military. Um, The littlest thing would make me cry. And then when you're dealing with 95% of men in your career field, you kind of have to like have that thick skin because if you don't, they're going to eat you alive. Um, so that's the reason why I joined the military, mostly because my sister and the the the, the uh, real estate market crashing, which is the biggest reason. But obviously now that I see it, now I realize that I, I love to help. I'm a mother. My whole job is just to help this child like grow up and be this <laughs> awesome person. And then uh, becoming a physician, like that's what I want to do. And now being the president of the organization, I just I just love to help people. How old your, your child? She's four. Yeah. Do you feel, how, four years in, you think she's on her way to be an awesome person? Yes. So yeah. she's amazing. She knows how to spell her name. She knows how to sing the Drake Kiki song. Oh, perfect. She, it's, it's amazing. She yeah. sings it. And I'm like, you're four. Like, how do you know? How do you know what that even is? Yeah. And she has very good rhythm. Very good. And she can spell her name. <laughs> she can. Yeah. Her whole name. I know some Marines that still still have some trouble with you that. Know, it's because it has nothing to do with crayons. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about a close friend or a great leader you had while you're in the military. You can choose either one, but tell me about that person. Okay. While I was in the military. Hmm. Um, okay, I got it. So my supervisor actually, um, so I, I think it was my second supervisor. So when I was stationed at Elmendorf Air Force Base in Anchorage, Alaska, um, so I had a really crappy supervisor um, for my first base, so I was a little like distrusting. Um, and so when I got there, he kind of helped me realize like what I need to do to succeed because everybody wants to like go up in the ranks and eventually become chief master sergeant of the air force you know no big deal um and so I didn't know how to do that I'm this this lowly airman that just hangs out with other airmen um and he kind of took me under his wing um and it was really cool because like being a female in a a male dominated field they just expect you to be like this 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 woman that's gonna like do 
bad things or whatever. But this guy was like, he was very sincere. Obviously he had a wife and kids and everything. So he wasn't like that about that at all. Um, but he took me under his wing. He, he showed me like how to do these things. Um, and he, he got me this opportunity to, um, go to the army basic leadership course. So it's kind of like, what are you, were you in the, the military? Yeah, Marine Corps. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that's do you why guys... I make the Marine jokes. Yeah, ah, that's, that yeah. makes that's why you're allowed to. Yeah, so I'm in the I'm Air Force to. and I still do it. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but you guys make fun of us, so it's true. Yeah. So anyway, so um, I got to go to this basic leadership course and I got to see it like the Army life and everything. And then I ended up um, getting this huge award, and it was just really cool. I think that was probably my like my best experience with like a mentor kind of person in the military. Um, and I ended up be- becoming a tech sergeant. So yeah. I guess I guess that was that's my story. Yeah, that's very. cool. I don't have any like cool deployment stories or anything. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> what what prompted your transition out? Um, so my husband is also active duty military, and so once we had a child, it's really hard to have like dual active duty military. I know I've, people do it, um, but like my whole life is this is this beautiful little girl, um, and so sure. I knew that I didn't want to. I didn't want to put her through that, that role of like him deploying and then him coming back and me deploying or me being in this job that I didn't love. I wasn't passionate about it. It it wasn't what I wanted to do. I don't want to be an aircraft mechanic. You know, um, I didn't feel like my sense of purpose. Um, so I chose, I was seven years in and I I wasn't at that, that 10 year mark where it's really hard to decide. Um, I was at seven year mark and I was like, look, I want to do something that I love. So that way she knows when she grows up that she can do something that she loves. So it's really so it's really interesting that you that you phrase it that way because we hear about so many veterans that what they did in the military is what they loved. That's the thing that they loved. It's getting out mm-hmm. and finding a purpose afterwards. It's the challenge. But you identified that you weren't doing what you loved in the military, mm-hmm. and that uh, for multiple reasons you wanted to get out and pursue something that you did love. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that, that, that uh, it's a different type of perspective that we hear. Um, so what did you, what was your first step getting, did you apply to college first? Did you try finding a career? Like what was the first point of contact, if you will, uh, when you got out on trying to, trying to find that passion? Yeah. So the thing is, so I actually, I loved, I loved being in the military. I loved the people, the camaraderie. I think that's every, everybody, um, you know, but I just didn't like the job that I was doing. So I still transitioned to the reserve. So I was still kind of in, I did my two days, two days a month and then the two weeks, three weeks a year. Um, so I still had that little buffer of the military because I loved being in the military like serving my country, doing that sort of thing. Um, but like I said, I wanted to do a different career and I couldn't really do that um, in the middle. I, I guess I could have, but it maybe I wasn't like in, I wasn't on that right path because you have to like apply for all that stuff. I figured if I just get out and do it the civilian way, um, that it'd be easier. Um, so what I did was I transitioned into the reserve. So I still had that sense of the military um, and then pursued going to school full time. Um, and so that kind of helped my transition. I, I don't think for me, I don't, I don't think my transition was ever really difficult. Um, like I'm sure a lot of people have gone through that really difficult transition. Um, I was lucky enough to have an amazing transition. I think because I had that balance of still being in the military and having that school. Um, so yeah. Okay. Very well. Um, so why did you, why, why did you choose UNLV? Um, so obviously I was, uh, limited on the location cause my husband was still active duty. Sure. Um, so I really wanted something that would challenge me, uh, like academically. Um, I knew I didn't want to go to a community college, nothing against community colleges, but for me, like I like that challenge. I like mm-hmm. to like 
like solve these these hard puzzles or have to like problem solve you know i'm like a troubleshooter by trade i troubleshoot jets and i'm going to troubleshoot humans so like by naturally i wanted something that was a little bit more challenging um so there i think there was two i want to say there was two like four-year colleges so nevada state and then unlv and so i did what i did was i went on e-benefits the gi bill comparison tool and I literally just looked at this like little section. It has like this section that says like, do they have these certain things like the yeah. vet success? Do they have a student group, a student vet group on campus? Do they have prior registration? So they, just ha- they had all these things um, that I really liked. And so that's why I did it. Very well. Um, and uh, I, know you, I know you said at the top of the episode, but I've, uh, my memory is horrible. Uh, either you're the leader of the the, the chapter there. Yes, sir. So yeah. I'm a, the president of the Rebel so, Vets. So yeah, so you are you are the president of the Rebel Vets. When did you realize you had an interest in being the leader of the group? Mm-hmm. Was it like immediately, like oh, I'm here and now I want to be the leader, or or did, or did you fall into it? Like how did you end up in that that role? Yes. So actually, it's a funny story. So I joined the the organization in March of 2017, um, and so I didn't really know how. So I went to the Rebel Vet transition orientation. So like right at the beginning of the spring semester and I was like I want to be part of Rebel Vets like they're awesome they all came up like to the the transition orientation and they're all there and they're telling us like all these cool things I was like that sounds badass mm-hmm. it's like I want to be part of them and then I didn't really know how they didn't really explain it and so I just went on like online to our my UNLV account or whatever and I looked up when their meeting was and so I went to their meeting so I kind of sat in the back I'm really shy which is weird I know uh, I'm like a really shy person really uh, introverted and um, so I went to their meetings every, like for a little while and I'd go on like every other month or whatever. And then I want to say in the summer, um, I worked at the Student Engagement and Diversity Office on campus and Randy had come in. And so I was like, oh, I'm part of your organization. Or I'm not part of it. But I was like, I go to like some of your meetings. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, you should get more involved. He's like, you should just apply, like, apply for, a, for a role. And I was like, OK, I'll do that. Yeah. And so I went to, um, to their general meeting or whatever for like the fall semester. And they were having they're holding their elections. And so I was like, I can do secretary. Like, that's not a big deal. Um, so I applied to be a secretary. And actually, one of my good friends uh, ran against me. She wasn't my good friend at the time. Um, like we, she was just some random girl that I didn't know. And so we ran against each other. We tied. And so we had a rock, paper, scissors battle and I lost <laughs> luckily. Right. And so like I kept going to the meetings wherever. And then Randy was like, Hey, did you want to go to NatCon? And I was like, what's NatCon? And mm-hmm. he's like, it's just this national conference that we have for our like blanket organization, the student veterans of America. And I was like, where are we going? He's like San Antonio. I was like, of course I want to go to San Antonio. I was like, I've never like got to go to these cool conferences. I appreciate your uh, ability to pull back on the, the F-bomb there. Thank I heard you. it. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate Thank you. That. I was like, I, sh- I already said a curse word, which is probably not good. No, it's okay. Jared said the same thing. Okay, so rewind, rewind. So um, I, I so he asked me to NatCon. I, didn't ha- I had no clue what NatCon was. Um, and so I was like, well, let's just do it. It's in San Antonio. Like, I want to get away from Las Vegas. Let's do it. And so um, I got here. I drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome being that around awesome. all these student veterans that are super motivated and super inspired, super inspiring. And then seeing um, Kate Tillotson. So I went to one of her bre- uh, one of her breakouts with Bruno Moya. Yeah. So he was a previous Rebel Vet president, too. They did something on uh, SVA policy liaisons. And I was in love. I was like, that girl is amazing. Like, yeah, I Kate's just great. She is so cool. And she was she, student veteran of the year two years ago. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. I'm a fangirl. I haven't actually met her. No, three years ago. Yeah, but yeah, she likes our page. In San Diego. That's yeah. when it was in San Diego, yeah. Yes, and so anyway, so um, I, I was drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever, and then Randy got his dream job, 
as the director for the Canines for Warriors facility near Gainesville. And he's like, Alex, I need you to do me a favor. I was like, what are you talking about, Randy? And he's like, um, I got my dream job and I need you to take over as president. I was like, what? you need to hold up. You, you want me to do what? And he's like, I need you to be president. And I was like, no. I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, so eventually he apparently got captain to convince me to be president. And so <laughs> I was like, I am just a member. Like I came here as just this lowly member that had hardly like participated in the organization. And apparently he saw something in me because he asked me to be president. And I said, yes. And this yeah. is how I ended up being president. Very good. Captain could be very convincing. He's super convincing, especially when he had like a few beers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It happens. Yeah. You just pet him and you're like, oh yes, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you want, Captain. <laughs> um, so... We've noticed that a lot of the student veterans that listen to these these um, SVA-focused episodes get a lot about hearing some best practices, some experiences from mm-hmm. the leaders on campus at their student veteran chapter. So that's, um, those are the, the next set of questions that we're going to go into. Uh, but the first one, t- tell me about a big win that you guys had in 2018. Tell me, Ooh. yeah, give me a big win that you guys I had. I got a good one. Yeah. So it actually, the idea spurred from NatCon 2018 over a beer at nice. a bar. Yeah, Weird, as it right? does. That's, that's usually best, how it works yeah, out. The best what... ideas are thought of over a beer. Yeah. Um, so look actually, at the, Look at the Marine Corps. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so what happened was I actually wasn't there, but obviously I had to do it because I was the president. Um, so they, it was Truckee Meadows Community College. So they're like our northern counterpart. They're a community college up in Reno, and so they came up to us and they were like, "Hey, we have this amazing idea, guys." So it's January, January 2018. Like we have this amazing idea. Let's ruck march across Nevada for 400 miles. They were like, we carrying 7,000 dog tags. And we're like, you want to do what? For when? And he's like, on Memorial Day. And I was like, and they're, so obviously they're like, that's crazy. But I mean, once we get back to our colleges, we'll meet up or we'll teleconference or whatever. And we'll talk about it. So Ross like told me about this and he's like, we're going to go to this meeting and do this teleconference. And um, we get there and I'm like, you, got, you guys want to do what? And they're like, yeah, we want to do this in four months. They want to do it four months from that point. I was like, you guys are crazy. And so we slowly just kept doing our teleconferences and talking about it. We're like, okay, we're going to do it. 400 miles. 400. Okay. So sorry. I don't want to like overachieve. It's 370 miles, 372 miles to be exact. Okay. Um, so we, we ruck marched from Las Vegas to Fernley, Nevada, where there's a veteran memorial cemetery. Um, and we did it in eight days, carrying 6,950 dog tags in honor of all the service members that were killed in action since 9-11. Um, and we did it in 10-mile increments. So we took it from Las Vegas to Goldfield, which was... Um, I, I see. Okay. So it was like a... Yes. Each, there was segments each, each were yes. doing. So I we, was like, holy smokes, no, 390... No, 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 no. Sorry. I probably should have told you that in the beginning with. <laughs> no. So we did it in 10 miles. So we, we got people out. So we got all like... Yeah. We got our veteran community out. We got our civilian community out. And... Uh, we got them to ruck march the 10 miles with the 6,950 dog tags, which weighs 90 pounds. Sure. So we had... Still uh, impressive. I just is, thought you guys were superhuman. No, 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 no. <laughs> so super, it is super impressive. Yeah. I was very proud of our group. And so um, the way we did it was um, we did it in four days. We did it uh, 40 miles of peach, a peach, 40 a miles of peach. Yeah. Peaches okay. That's, right a, that's now, a new though. one. 40 miles of peace um, every day. And then the last one we did 42 miles um, but we, like I said, we did in 10 mile increments and we had a safety vehicle behind them at all times. Sure. 
Um, and we just followed them. So you can imagine we're going two miles an hour driving behind these people. It gets a little boring. And we had a logistics uh, crew. So we had six people um, that were there for all four days. So I was a part of that. My uh, advisor, Ross Bryant, was a part of that too. Um, but it was a really cool bonding experience. I think that was like my biggest takeaway from that was just like getting to bond with like these six people that we had to deal with for four days, you know, like we're tired, we're spending 16 hours a day on the road because it takes so long to ruck march 40 miles a day. Um, um, and that was, that was really cool. A really good part of that experience. Anyway, so we did it safely and effectively. Very I think good. that was the coolest part was nobody fell out. We didn't have any injuries. We got the dog tags there by walking them. We didn't have to like put them in the van at all. Yeah. Um, and we, and we got to walk on the veteran veterans Memorial highway. Okay. So it was like a little symbolic, like, yeah. hey, we're doing this for veterans and and we're on the Veterans Highway. Um, and so we got to Fernley and we even had these really cool shirts. We made, we raised $8,000 um, and we got to uh, create these Operation Battleborn um, customized shirts. So on the front, it obviously it said Operation Battleborn. And on the back, um, I created this design. It was the silhouette of the Nevada state. Mm-hmm. And then it had the 57 um, Nevadan uh, service members that were killed in uh, in the Nevada silhouette, but it was making up like th- the colors of the American flag. Oh, it was it was super cool. I wish I could show you. <laughs> Actually, I think I have one of the shirt. I do have one of the shirts in my room. Okay, but I can't obviously get that now. Sure. Um, but anyway, so we got to hand out these shirts, and so we wa- we ruck marched up there, and then me and my vice president Terry, we got to actually fly out to Reno for the ceremony, the closing ceremony, so, which was held at the Fernley, Fernley Veterans Memorial Cemetery. And um, we got to hand the 57 dog tags that I got etched with the names of the 57 Nevadans that were killed. Um, and we got to hand them to a General Burke. He was the representative for the governor. And we got to do the whole ceremony and we got to hand him these dog tags. And then the coolest part though, was I got to meet um, one of the Gold Star family members. So she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. And um, I was like, was he was he a Nevadan? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, he's on my shirt. And I'm like wearing the shirt. I was like, where's his name? Yeah. And she's like, that's him. Uh, I think his name, so I don't want to like murder his last name, but it was Zayringer. Okay. And so I got to see his like, uh, she his um, his little, he had a little memorial at the cemetery. So I got to see it. And so I connected with her on Facebook. And then when I got back, I sent her a shirt. And so I was like, next year you have to like walk it. And so we really wanted to get the Gold Star families a part of it, but it was such a new thing that trying to just get the logistics ready for this event, I think it was really hard to like do that and try and connect with the Gold Star family members in the process and trying to fundraise and getting all the dog tags and everything. So this next annual, because it's going to be annual, the next one we're going to have it more together. So this next year we're going from Reno to Las Vegas and we have to add, I think like 40 miles to it. Okay. Yeah. But Very this good. time it's nice because, um, Are you accepting volunteers for the rock. Yes, absolutely. So I would do that. Always accepting volunteers. I would definitely do that. It, and it's the, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really cool. Like I didn't realize like Memorial the first, day, I'll probably be in Vegas on Memorial day yeah. too. I'll be in, I, I might be in the state that, uh, around that time. Then do it. Oh my, it is so much fun. Yeah. Um, I got to, I actually got to do 40 miles of it. So I did 10 miles a day. Oh, oh uh, wow. Yeah. So what, I mean, what happened was, um, like obviously it's a new event and people will drop out. Yeah. And so we had a lot of people do it. I think it was like close to 200 people like throughout the whole event, uh, participate in the event. 
Um, but like we did it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was our days. And so the farther you get out from Vegas and it's on the weekdays, people are like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and so like even Ross, Ross had to, I don't know if you've ever met Ross. I don't, I don't think so. So he's a little, he's a, he's a big burly dude. And yeah. so, and so he had a, a health complication in 2016. So we're all nervous for him. Um, and he even got out with his wife. So his wife, Amy, even walked it with us. Um, but we're all there like Ross, like we have, like we had a satellite tel like telephone. So you like press the button and a helicopter comes and like picks them up. Yeah. So I'm like, I have this in my hand. So if you fall out, I'm pressing the button. <laughs> he's like, I'm pressing the button on you, Ross. Don't, don't make me do it. And so like every mile I'm like, Ross, are you okay? And he's like, I'm okay. Like, stop. I was in the army. I was a tank commander. I was like, okay, Ross, I'll stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 10 miles. And you don't realize how much 10 miles actually is. Yeah. I, and I'm the Air Force. So I, most people don't even know what ruck marching is. Yeah. I just happen to know what it is. Um, but like for the first, the first five miles, you're like, yeah, this is good. Like I'm really good. And the last five miles, you're like, I don't know why I did this. And I lost three toenails. <laughs> I had like 10 blisters. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, interaction with the campus, something that a lot of new veterans don't really know how to navigate, especially if there's no one ahead of them to to show them. Do you have any experiences from while you were president where you had to work with student with the administration on campus or or with any um, any parts of the university to get something done? Yeah, absolutely. So I think. I don't know if like it was like a single point where like I've had to help a veteran, like a specific veteran with like taking to them, uh, taking them to like an office or whatever. But um, like my biggest thing is we work with the UNLV Government Affairs Office. So we have a very tight collaboration with them. So every year they allow us to go and um, lobby for bills that directly affect student veterans. And so um, it's not like, I don't know, it doesn't affect like one single person, but I think the bills that get passed, uh, they affect all the students around yeah. around Nevada. Um, so I didn't personally do this because, like, I didn't. I wasn't president while the legislative legislative cycle was pr like on. So Bruno and Randy were were those people, um, but they got they got bills passed um, SB four fifty seven. Um, so they got that passed in Nevada. So it's basically uh, forcing them to look at all the military credits that they have and accepting more of those credits because obviously I went into college and I, I had to start brand new. So I'm like two years in and I still have two years left. You know what I'm saying? But like really looking, diving into those credits and seeing which ones they can count that because you have so many, so much military experience, you know? And so like it's, and you don't get any credit for that. And I, I could see like for me, I'm an aircraft mechanic going to be a physician. So most of those, those credits aren't going to transfer into to being a physician. I wouldn't want them to anyways because I have to take a really big test and I have to know this subject, so I might as well do the whole four years. But for other people who are like combat medics trying to be physicians, you figure that most of those should transfer over. And so those that was one of those bills that I think that affect those student veterans, and it was because our collaboration with the, the Government Affairs Office at UNLV yeah. that really helped push that. Very cool. Um, outreach and participation are two things that a lot of chapters struggle with. Um, you know, outreach being how do we tell the veterans on campus that we exist and how do we get them to uh, be interested mm -hmm. in joining our, our group? And then, of course, the second part of that, now that they're here and they're interested in doing things, how do we 
uh, what's the best way of going about making getting them actually involved in things, getting in getting non, getting interest to turn into participation, yeah. if that makes sense. Free pizza. Yeah. <laughs> actually, free anything, really. Yeah. No, to be honest. Um, so we have a great network, like social media. I think our biggest thing is social media. So we get everything out like via via social media, via email. So Ross has like the 1800 veterans on like one group email. So he blasts stuff out, but he blasts a lot of stuff out. So mostly people just ignore his. Um, But what I've done is um, we have the involvement center. So if you want to join our organization, you have to request um, to join it through this involvement center. So when I get the request, I take their email and I put it into our UNLV Rebel Vet uh, email and put it in their like little distro box. And then, so if we have anything important, they'll send them out the email. Cause obviously if they're making that effort to join our organization on this involvement center, they obviously want to know what we're doing. Um, so I have this little email distro, so I'll send the information out that way. And then we have our paid advisor for veteran education team that's on campus. I don't, do you know anything about that? Mm-mm. So PAVE is a peer-to-peer support program. Oh, sure. So, okay, yeah. Yep. So we basically, um, all the new incoming student veterans that are coming in for that semester. Um, so like last fall, we had 300 new student veterans. Um, we connect them with uh, seasoned student veterans. So like, for instance, I'm a PAVE, um, a PAVE member. I wouldn't say PAVE. Yeah, I'm a paid member. Anyways, so um, I, I actually had 22 people, I think, this last semester. And um, I basically, I send them, like, the initial email, and I tell them, hey, this, I'm, I'm this person that helps you with anything. If you need help with tutoring, if you need help with, like, finding any resources, if you have any problems with your classes, like, just let me know. And, uh, by the way, if you want to be in the Rebel Vets organization, like, uh, it's really cool. And um, so I just give them that information, like try and get them involved in something, whether it is Rebel Vets or whether it's with some other underwater basket weaving organization, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm biased, but I also, I want them, even if they don't want to be a student veteran, you know, like, or student veteran in, in our organization, like just have them do something. Because if you're doing something in the, in the campus and you feel like you have some piece of you in there and you're going to succeed. Um, and so anyway, so we just give them all these, this information. And so I'll email them, I'll call them, I'll text them, I'll do whatever I can to like try and reach out to them. Most people, I want to say like 50 to 60% of people don't, will not reply to you. Even if you call them, like they won't, or even if you leave them voicemails, nothing. They don't, they want, they don't want anything to do with you. And that's okay. Um, just a matter of us reaching out, just trying to get one person to join or do anything. Um, so we have that. So PAVE, uh, distri- uh, they get out like our information for Rebel Vets, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We do all that. And so um, I think just being being pushy, I like to be pushy, yeah. um, just making sure that our information is out somewhere. And so I guess that's our biggest outreach. Yeah. Um, so then have you had any issues with, um, hey, here, like people are saying, hey, we want to be involved. We want to participate. We want to do something. Mm-hmm. You set up an event and people don't show up or people flake out or there's an issue that you have a you have a trouble. Have you had any issues with getting people to go from interest in something to actually committing and participating in what they've shown interest in? Um, so I think our biggest problem is like trying to build committees. Okay. Um, so we wanted to do like little subcommittees, so like a policy committee, um, volunteering committee or fundraising, you know what I'm saying? So we're trying to like build that. But I think just with being people being full time students, being parents, they're like, I think just being part of the organization is enough for them. So that was probably our biggest struggle. But other than that, I think uh, we haven't had trouble unless we don't get the information out. 
So if like we have a monthly general meeting and we don't get the information out until like two days prior, then we'll only have like 10 or 15 people show up. Yeah. Like the usual like hardcore rebel vet people show up. Um, but other than that, no, I don't think we've had really any bad experiences with like getting people involved. Okay. Um, so my, uh, I suppose one of my last questions is, um, do you have ROTC independence, um, a part of your group on at UNLV? No. So we, ha- we don't. So I, and I'm really surprised about that actually, especially because Ross was the ROTC commander back in like the nineties. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know why I actually asked the same question. I was really confused. Um, and I don't know if it's because they don't think that they're a part of the military. Yeah. Um, we definitely reach out to them. Like we're very close with like their commander. So you invite them. Yeah. They just don't participate. Yeah. And okay. yeah. So any, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you have any connection to the military, like we want you to be a part of our group, like why sure. not? Um, and even the military spouses, like we don't have any military spouses. Interesting. It is weird. And so, um, not weird, but it is interesting. Um, because I met, I actually met an, a spouse at, uh, the leadership, the SVA leadership Institute. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, how do you get other spouses to join? Like, they just don't, I don't think they, they feel like they're, this is their group or maybe they just don't connect with us. Maybe that's it. Um, it's all about like, if, if you, they're like-minded people and those are the people that you connect with, maybe that they just don't connect with us because they weren't in the military and we're really vulgar. Yeah. <laughs> and you're really vulgar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're kind of, uh, very offensive. Yeah. Uh, last two questions. Um, what, uh, tell me about an experience or skill set that you gained in the military you feel is contributing to your success today. Ooh, resilience. Resilience. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. So just, so for me, um, being able to bounce back because in the military you had like these strict standards. Like if I told somebody to do something, they do it. And then in, in like the real world, um, in this organization, um, they're all volunteers. You can't be like, Hey, you need to do this right now. Um, and you can't, you have to like take a different approach and sometimes it fails. And then I have to like bounce back and have to do it for them, you know, or finding a different way to like talk to different people. Um, and so just being able to, to realize that, uh, sometimes I'm going to fail. I'm a full-time student. I'm a mom, I'm a paid advisor. Uh, I'm in the reserves, you know, like I have so many things going on and, and sometimes I can't rely on people and it, and like, I am, I am the face of this organization. So sometimes like, even if I don't do some, like if, if like I had counted somebody, it kind of falls back on me anyways. I'm just being able to bounce back from that, I think is probably the biggest thing that I've learned in adaptability, but I won't talk about that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, finally, tell me, tell me about a veteran or a veteran organization other than SVA or rebel bat rebel vets that you're familiar with that has you excited about what they're doing right now? Ooh, so I have a really good one. So Rebel Vets, I believe, obviously is is a is an organization for me. Like I take, uh, I take very good, pre- like I'm happy with it and like, but I think for me in this role as president, like I do it for other people. So the, the organization, the veteran organization that I deal with that is strictly just for me to like help me relax, help me like relieve that stress is merging vets with players. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So have you heard of them? Yeah. But Nate Boyer has been on the podcast yes, before. Yes. Yes. So I absolutely love that program. So I am a big fitness like junkie. Sure. I've worked out since I was 13. I, I do obstacle course, course races. I did my first half marathon this, this year. Wow. Um, yeah. So I just love working out. That's just what I do. I'm a runner. Um, and merging vets with players, like they, they connect with me on that level because they do the one hour workout and then we get to talk. Yeah. And I'm like an emotional person. Um, so I like to just like go there and I don't like to talk, but I like to listen. 
And um, so I'm like that person that if someone cries, I just go and give them a hug. I don't know how to like console them other than just like sure. holding them really tight. Sure. Um, but yeah, definitely merging festival players. Uh, I, I just love that the whole group. And he's actually, so we have one of them here. So yeah. Noel Huerta, I don't want to like kill his name, um, but he's here. He came with us and he actually is a UNLV rebel vet. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining me. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was, a, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Um, does UNLV Rebel Vets have anything on uh, that you're trying to accomplish in 2019 um, that is that is noteworthy that might might inspire other student veterans that are listening? Yes. So we have a lot of things. So we're doing Operation Battleborn again, um, and we're doing a lot. We do a lot of policy stuff. Um, so we advocate for for different bills that directly affect student veterans. Um, I'm blanking on like what what good ones we have. So. I know one that's like more more local, like it's a state thing. Um, we're doing so. You know how you get the GI Bill, and most people have like that two years done, especially if they're doing the ABC program. So they use only two years of the GI Bill, um, and so we're calling it the Lieutenant Colonel Karen Wagner Act. And basically, if you finish your bachelor's, you have like one year left of your GI Bill, and you want to pursue your master's degree in a critically manned field. Yeah. Um, we want to figure out a way to help supplement financially, um, so that way these people that are trying to go into like social work, you know, who that are very critically manned, we want to um, f- uh, support them financially and get them that extra year of benefits, so that way they can do that that uh, master's program and get into these fields that we need people to get into. Yeah, very cool. By the way, I fully acknowledge that I said last question two questions ago, and then I asked that a set. Was, no, that was like three or four ago. I said last couple questions, and then uh-huh. I and then I, I I said all right, final question, and then I went, and then I then I followed up with another question. Yeah, that's okay. I like yeah, to it's talk. like an encore, it's like an encore <laughs> question, right? The crowd wanted it. Yeah, you can just uh, delete that out, right? Yeah. One thing I want to say, I think it I think it speaks to Rebel Vets and the program and the organizations you guys have there that that two years in a row, maybe three years, I don't know if they, I don't know if it goes back to three years ago, but back to back years, Randy yeah. and now you top 10, uh, mm-hmm. stu- uh, finalists for student vet of the year. I think it speaks a lot to the program there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can imagine everybody, uh, back in, uh, UNLV or at the ones that are here in a crowd are rooting for you, yeah. uh, when okay. the announcement comes. Yeah, no, definitely. And so the, I definitely credit all the people that came before. So Jeff Dietrich, I don't know if you know Jeff Dietrich, he was the, well, he wasn't the first rebel vet president, but he was really the first one that like started this chain. So Jeff Dietrich, Bruno Moya, Randy, like Ross, you know, they all, they all built this organization and I'm just like going with the momentum. So I think, I mean, it had nothing to do with that, what I did, you know, it was like all about that groundwork and setting, setting this organization up for success. Yeah. Well, um, it's a fine set of uh, fine set of veterans (laughs) they have here. So uh, good luck on Saturday. Thank you so much. grandfather served in World War II. Spending time with him were the best memories of my life. I became a physician at VA because of my grandfather, so I can help others like him. I can't imagine working with better doctors or a more dedicated staff. I'm fulfilling my life's mission with the help of my team and thanks to these veterans. I'm proud to be a doctor at VA and proud to honor my grandfather every day. Search VA careers to find out more. It was a real pleasure talking to Alex and the rest of the Student Vet of the Year finalists. 
big thanks to SVA for uh, inviting me down to NatCon and being in, in, uh, being a part of that wonderful event. I got to lead a panel uh, on communications and marketing uh, careers. I got to lead a session on using VA's digital platforms to tell chapters stories such as Veteran of the Day, this podcast, our Instagram, our blog, vantagepoint at blogs.va.gov, and so much more. Uh, it was so rewarding speaking to all the student veterans that are just doing amazing things in their community and proving that veterans veterans continue on past their service to succeed and positively influence their community and become a huge impact on those around them in the industries that they're in. Today's Medal of Honor citation reading is for a second Medal of Honor recipient who was at, uh, at NatCon, Kyle White. Kyle White and Ryan Pitts did a uh, little panel discussion, little little conversation uh, during uh, the final event at uh, at NatCon. It was in it was it was really great insight on being a veteran, being a student veteran, moving on to a career, etc. Uh, so having read Ryan's citation on Monday, I'm going to read Kyle's citation today. Kyle served in the United States Army. Rank of Sergeant, Division was Company C, 2nd Battalion Airborne, 503rd Infantry, 173rd Airborne Brigade. Conflict is the War on Terror in Afghanistan, Year of Honors 2007. Citation reads, Specialist Kyle J. White distinguished himself by acts of gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a radio telephone operator with Company C, 2nd Battalion Airborne, 503rd Infantry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade, during combat operations against an armed enemy in Nuristan Province, Afghanistan, on November 9, 2007. On that day, Specialist White and his comrades were returning to Bella Outpost from Ishura with Aranus Village Elders. As the soldiers traversed a narrow path surrounded by mountains, rocky terrain, they were ambushed by enemy forces from elevated positions. Pinned against a steep mountain face, Specialist White and his fellow soldiers were completely exposed to enemy fire. Specialist White returned fire and was briefly knocked unconscious when a rocket-propelled grenade impacted near him. When he regained consciousness, another round impacted near him, embedding small pieces of shrapnel in his face. Shaking off his wounds, Specialist White noticed one of his comrades lying wounded nearby. Without hesitation, Specialist White exposed himself to enemy fire in order to reach the soldier and provide medical aid. After applying a tourniquet, Specialist White moved to an injured Marine, similarly providing aid and comfort until the Marine succumbed to his wounds. Specialist White then returned to the soldier and discovered that he had been wounded again. Applying his own belt as an additional tourniquet, Specialist White was able to stem the flow of blood and save the soldier's life. Noticing that his and another soldier's radios were inoperative, Specialist White exposed himself to enemy fire yet again in order to secure a radio from a deceased comrade. He then provided information and updates to friendly forces, allowing precision airstrikes to stifle the enemy's attack and ultimately permitting medical evaluation aircraft to rescue him, his fellow soldiers, Marines, and Afghan Army soldiers. Specialist Kyle J. White's extraordinary heroism and selflessness above and beyond the call of duty 
are in keeping with the highest traditions of military service and reflect great credit upon himself, Company C, 2nd Battalion Airborne, 503rd Infantry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade in the United States Army. We honor his service. Thank you for listening to episode 129 of Born the Battle. I do appreciate you spending your time listening to these great stories from these veterans that are making huge impacts in their community. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DEPT Vet Affairs and Facebook.com slash Veterans Affairs. Be sure to, su- to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Radio, Spotify, wherever it may be. We'll be back next week with regular scheduled program coming Wednesday. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off.